and welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we hope to enlighten you with all of the hidden stuff that you don't know about careers in creative. This is Katherine Lankline and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we've learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Kristen. Yes. How was Staffing World this year? Well, you know, it was a little different. <laughs> <laughs> like everything. Yeah. It was virtual. So instead of being in Nashville, where we we're supposed to be in a big hotel, it was a virtual conference platform. Well, but that stinks because um, Nashville is awesome. Nashville is awesome. So perhaps another year. But um, the the content and the information were still fantastic. Like what they provided was great. You just didn't have the, you know, atmosphere of being around other people and running into people and that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think um, staffing is definitely in the top, probably in the top five of everybody's mind, you know, probably all the time. I was going to say nowadays, but I think like all the time, you know, having their team together and hiring and all that sort of stuff. So um, let's talk a little about what, what you learned. Yeah, so we, you know, we attend pretty much every year. We attend Staffing World. It's the industry conference mm -hmm. for our industry association. Because we are certified staffing professionals. We are. <laughs> and we are certified. We are certified. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and not certifiable, I hopefully. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> but it, um, so that organization just has a lot of information and training for firms. And it also stays very much on top of legal issues, which this year has been you know, obviously a lot with, with all of the different things going with COVID and, um, you know, it has a whole like code of ethics and, and things like that. So we love being part of that industry association. And so, yeah, we always attend their conference so we can sort of suck in all that knowledge in one place. Right. Right. <laughs> and what I like about certification too, is I always feel like I have the right legal answer for things too, you know, yes. because we have circumstances come up and it might seem like it's the right thing to do, but it might not be legal. Yeah. You don't, <laughs> you don't necessarily know, you know, the exactly how to handle things. So usually we, you know, see three or four like trends across the board at the conference mm -hmm, that kind of, you mm -hmm. know, sort of run through everything. And I would say that regardless of what session we were in, it didn't matter what it was about there were three things that came up and so remote work always got mentioned mm -hmm. automation of tasks mm -hmm. or automation in general in other ways and diversity so it did not matter what they were talking about those three things always came up and you know not surprising being the year that we're having that those were always mm -hmm. you know in the mm -hmm. back of everyone's mind no matter what else they were thinking right. about the hot topics hot topics for sure um, so let's, let's yeah, talk about re remote work, remote work. Let's yeah, there. That, <laughs> that was a big one. And for obvious reasons, like lots of, you know, people, lots of companies have sent people home to, you know, work remotely starting early in the spring. A lot mm -hmm. of them still are, mm -hmm. or they're trying to figure out some sort of a hybrid right. situation, you know? Um, the one thing I'm going to say with that too, just quickly is, uh, I know everybody has this super strong desire to bring people back right away. Um, let it play out a little. That's all I'm saying. Give everybody a little more time. Not everybody's A, going to be comfortable. And I think everything is, is just like one day it's good, one day it's bad. So stay flexible, you know, when it comes to remote people. Yeah, I think flexibility is the biggest thing that I really heard. And we sort of 
you know, thought before then. And, and to be honest, like last year, this was high on our list too. Like Mm -hmm. remote work was being talked about a year ago and there was no pandemic. Right. So there was already thoughts and moves being made towards, you know, some companies having more remote employees or more flexibility. Like Mm -hmm. maybe people work in the office three days a week, but can work wherever they want two days a week, like all kinds of, you know, different kind of um, scenarios that was already sort of becoming more popular and kind of rising up a year ago. And we were not, we had no idea a pandemic was coming our way. So in some ways that's cool because I think a lot of companies already were kind of experimenting with it. That's how we were. We had a few people already who worked remotely Mm -hmm. and we let our team members could work remotely a day or two a week if they wanted to. So I think for us, it wasn't so hard to shift because we're just kind of like, okay, we're just going to do that all the time now. Right. But we were already doing it. Yep. Um, where some companies didn't do it at all. And some, you know, roles and industries, it's hard to do. Yeah. It's like you need special equipment yep. or machinery or something that's not exactly in your house. Yeah. And uh, there was a time where, you know, off- offering that was a perk or a luxury. Um, it's really turned into more of a necessity. If you want to keep your people. Yeah. You have to offer this. There, I think it's I a necessity. Enough, yeah, you know? I think it's a necessity now, and I think it will be an expectation. Yeah, you will after lose this. You will lose employees, and you will lose great candidates if you don't offer some sort of flexibility in remote work. Yeah, I think so too. And you know, again, depends on the role, of course. Like, if you're a nurse, you can't work yeah, remotely, right. probably because you right. care for your patient or whatever. Right. But we're talking in like our marketing, advertising, creative kind of world. Absolutely. I think that there will be expectations that there are expectations that some jobs can just be fully remote or that there's flexibility to be had Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. some way. Exactly. And, you know, companies may say, you know, we have certain meetings every week in the future that we want to have together in person. So, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays, you need to be in the office, but the rest of the week you can work from wherever you want. And mm-hmm. some people will come in, some people go to coffee shops, some will work from home, but Monday and Tuesday, everybody's together or however, right, right. you know, they want to do it. It may be like that. It may be some roles can just be remote if they want. Mm-hmm. It may be some roles are remote. Mm-hmm. Like this job is not in the office. If yeah. you would like to accept it, you will not work in the office because we don't have a desk for you. And there might have to be some flexibility regarding, you know, um, people taking leave and things like that too. I know, you know, when things were, you know, a real grind and everything and the client and the, you know, the company had a lot of the upper hand on some of this. Um, they would say, well, if you're going to be out for a month, then we're just going to replace you. Um, I would say still be a little flexible with that too, because, you know, people yeah. are trying their best. If it's a great person, don't let them go. I mean, don't yeah. make it work. Don't let, well, it, let them go. And so depends on what they're out doing. Like maybe right. they'll still be working, you know, like I, I know I mean, people keep joking. Like, like if they have to be in, you know, like if you're a, it's a mm, grocery store worker or, oh, or yeah. things like that. Um, where the job does involve you to be in, if that person was fantastic, you know, reward them with a little bit of flexibility yeah, and just say, okay, I'll find somebody else, you know, but keep me posted as to when you can come back sort of mm-hmm. thing. You know, before it would have, you know, and roles like that, you would, people just flip out and, you know, flip people in, you know, and it was yeah. very, very uh, m- much of a moving, moving target, but um, yeah, yeah we're just, just flexibility. Asking you just to kind of be a good person and just say, okay, I, this sucks, but okay, we'll wait for you. 
Yeah, you know, just, you know, allowing flexibility as much as you can. And I think that um, where I thought you were going is like, I personally think like, oh, so now there will never be snow days from school again. Because guess what? Parents and and kids can all do everything from home. Yes. (laughs) Or like people, I know people who, um, you know, maybe, I I don't want to say travel because that sounds sort of flippant people aren't really traveling a lot now but maybe like wanted to go you know live out this pandemic time in Mm -hmm. a home near where their family is so they like rented a house somewhere or wherever well they didn't have to take time off to go and do that they just are working from there right like it's this idea of you could work from anywhere and that's a super positive thing i think for companies too like because and, and trust me when there's a snow day or something like that and you suddenly have to call your employer and say, uh, yeah, I can't come in. Nothing pains uh, an employee more to have to say that because they yeah. do want to be a t- good team member. And on the inside of the company, you know, the maybe the boss is upset, the coworkers are upset because now that person has a quote-unquote day off mm-hmm. or something. Uh, guess what? They get to work from home now. <laughs> so right, you right. You can still get, you know, eight hours out of them even though the kids are home. Yeah, there's. I just think there's, there's some pluses a, for a sure. Whole a whole mentality more around or should be. And I think, I think this will stick, you know, around flexibility and about being able to work different places, different mm-hmm. times. We've talked about people working different schedules because it's more aligned with sort of their natural wiring, you right. know, all of that kind of stuff. And I believe you said before, I think it's true. I believe that it is necessary or at least it's going to give you an upper hand. Like mm-hmm. if you're willing to think about these things and think about what will best suit both my company and my employee, you're going to get and keep better people. Oh my gosh, everybody will want to work for you. I mean, that's also a huge position to be in, yeah. you know, where everybody wants to flock to you and you have a, your choice of the, the best people. So yeah, that's definitely a plus. Other things to consider too is, you know, do you need as much real estate? You know, do you have to have as big of an office if people are working only a couple days a week in the office? Um, so there could be some savings there too. So really dig down and see how this can all be a positive to your bottom line. Because um, also hiring and firing people cost you money too. So yes. <laughs> yeah. keep that in mind as well. And I think that, um, you know, there's some fear for for, you know, maybe executives and whatever within companies. And hopefully they're, they're getting over that because they're seeing it work mm-hmm. or they've seen it work. I think there's some fear about productivity and right. so on. But I think to me that comes down to being clear with people of what you expect mm-hmm. and having the right people in the role. Like it, they can be wasting time sitting at their desk in Absolutely. your office too. So, you know, it's not about like, oh, they're wasting time because they're at home. If they're a time waster, they're probably wasting time anyway. <laughs> they are saying that more people are working actually harder at home um, or putting in more hours at home because they have that flexibility to maybe have lunch, you know, at their kitchen table and then go back to work or, you know, there's something that comes up. Maybe they're, they're running their groceries on quote-unquote company time, but they're putting in extra hours at night to get the work done. So if they know what they have to get done that day, mm-hmm. that week, that month, that quarter – they'll get it done, you know, and you have right. to have a little bit of trust in that. And you can check up on them to make sure those goals are met. If you might have a, uh, an employee that you only have to check in once a quarter, one you might have to check in with daily, but, um, you know, figure out what everybody needs and what their goals are. And that's understood. And, you know, that gives you leverage to either say this is a great employee or it's not. Right. Exactly. If you're, if you're struggling with productivity, it's probably not solely because, you know, 
they're not in the office. Right. It might be. I mean, there might be problems. They have distractions or oh, whatever. Sure. And maybe you need to dig into that. But that there's probably other things going on. Oh, yeah. The good employee <laughs> gets it done, though. I mean, yeah, that's at least how so I'm wired. You know, it's like, you know, I, my, my day might not look like a you know, normal nine to five or whatever, but um, give me the day and I'll get it done. When do you need it? It'll get done. I'll just make yeah. it happen. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think that just in this whole remote work world that employees are going to expect some flexibility Mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of come with expectations or sharing what they need and expecting maybe you can't do everything, but that you're going to work with them on it and not just be like, nope, nine to five in the office, take it or leave it. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of, um, I don't think a lot of companies are going to go back that way. And I don't think a lot of employees are going to want to. Yeah. I wouldn't advise a company to go back because that people will go work for your competitor. Yeah. Who is offering it. Yeah. So, um, moving, so kind of talking about people moving into talking about that whole automation piece and this one, you know, this one's been on the radar for a while too, talking about automation and, the robots are taking over or whatever. (laughs) Are the robots taking over, Kristen? Uh, I mean, there are robots, but they're mostly still need human handlers. (laughs) So I think that um, it is interesting. This, to me, it's like both. It's not either or, it's both. Like there is technology and there will continue to be more and more like smart technology Mm -hmm. that can do things and, th- and that can provide automation and all of that. But it's not like in lieu of people, it's supporting people. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think about it, if you think about like one of our recruiters, if we use technology really well, the technology will take care of like all the repetitive sort of tasks that need to be done over and over, but don't require a lot of their thinking and mm-hmm. finesse and judgment and then they can spend all their time with people also, like and the human relationship stuff, mm-hmm, you know, really mm-hmm. talking to candidates and clients and and digging into their histories and like the stuff that requires judgment and thinking and discussion. Th- that's the human side of it. So to me, it's like the robot or whatever you want to call it, the technology is just supporting them in their job. It's mm-hmm. not replacing their job. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I to me that's really cool oh, it's yeah. not a oh my gosh we're all losing our jobs because the robots are taking over I think it's like the robots are going to do our work for us so we can do other higher level stuff right right so they can take over some of the more boring or mundane tasks uh, things that you need to have done automatically and things like that and yeah. not have to worry about it anymore in some cases you know exactly. I, there's certain things that I like about you know the computers that are handle things like making payments on things or so I don't have to worry about it. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like that. You can take some of the little things off your plate so you can focus on. Yeah. And the, I think that's cool a great stu- example. Cool yeah. It's the automation part. I think that we'll see the most of, mm-hmm. like you said, like, you know, automated payments, it's all that little automatic stuff mm-hmm. that you can just set up to happen. Right. And you don't have to think about it or manage it. And you're just maybe working with the outcomes of it mm-hmm. you know maybe some messaging goes out and then all you're doing is dealing with the responses right so I think that's the stuff that we'll keep seeing more and more of I mean it's blowing up it, there's all kinds of things everywhere but I was just thinking about like I have a robotic vacuum cleaner <laughs> and you know th- what that does for me 
that cleans my house every day. And so I don't have to, and I get to spend my time doing something else. Yeah. To me, it's like that. Yeah. It's just constantly clean and not have to worry about why yeah. better vacuum because it's looking gross. I mean, I'm not <laughs> like, oh my gosh, my vacuum has taken over my job of vacuuming the rug. Why, why do I want <laughs> to vacuum the rug? You know? And so to me, it's that it's like taking away the stuff that you're probably not like, you know, desperately missing the right. fact you're not doing it anymore. I think if I make an automatic duster, Ooh, I would love that. would be that. nice. Yeah, because that's yeah. the one thing that always gets to me. It's like, ugh, that's so dusty. <laughs> that would be <laughs> and nice. And it happens daily. So if I could have something just dust things daily, just that would be like awesome. Uh, little puffs of air <laughs> to blow the dust <laughs> off know. or something. I don't know. Somebody get on that. This could be your next invention, Some robot. Catherine. Somebody make a robot for that. So yeah, I think it's, um, I think it is just thinking about how can you use technology to do tasks so that you can spend your human time doing interactions. Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. me, that's kind of the difference. And it's not something to be afraid of. It's something to like be excited about. How can you leverage it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So related to that, you know, another thing they really were talking about is retraining. And that does come around to the robots again. <laughs> you know, the fear <laughs> of the robots taking people's jobs. Because the reality is, if we do have robots or AI or whatever that's doing a lot of these tasks, you know, many of those tasks have been done by humans before. Mm -hmm. And so inherently, people are going to have to train or retrain or upskill or whatever words you want to use, but they're going to have to change and improve their skills so they are doing that next higher level work mm -hmm. because the robot is doing perhaps the job they had before right you know right. some it is true that you know technology can take over people's jobs but we just need those people to move into a next probably better more interesting job anyway mm -hmm. like it it seems more fun and it's uh, probably a good time to remind people that this is a good thing i think people um you know, going back to the, oh my God, are robots taking over, you know, and AI and all this sort of stuff. But um, these these things are, are good because you do get to grow and, you know, don't be afraid to learn the technology. We run into people all the time that are just very, this is what I have always done. I'm always going to do it. Or I, technology is taken off without me and I don't know how to handle it. You know, much like if you get, you know, like a new TV or um, DVD player or something that it comes out of the box and you got to figure out how to make the darn thing work. You know, I got a Sonos speaker that I eventually just handed off to my daughter because I had already set up a couple of them and I knew the process. So I was just like, here, just, just hook this up. Um, because, you know, once you know how to do it, everybody in town calls you to set up their, <laughs> their system. But anyway, um, the idea being, you know, the technology changes. You have to, uh, every once in a while, open up the instruction book and figure out how to make something work. And it's to your better, for a better life in a, in a certain way. Or, or so you could do other things or, you know, improve, make some improvements somewhere. Or just by, this is now, this is how things are done now. So just open the book, teach yourself how to do it, stay current, um, and and get you get to do other things, other fun things. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's not something to fear. It's something to be excited about because it's opportunity. And and you have to prepare for it. Yeah. Like you also can't just be like, oh, you know, I'm mad my job's going away or whatever. Right. Like you kind of have to see that's coming and be working towards it. And I think 
also like managers, business owners, those kind of people need to be seeing it for their people because maybe your employees don't see it the same way that you do. Right. You might be able to have a bigger picture view of how your department or roles might be changing. Mm -hmm. And personally, I think you, if you, if you love your team members, you owe it to them to start preparing them and training them, bringing them up to that next level so they can keep growing. Cause you kind of see what, you know, maybe technology is going to come in and take this 20% of their lowest level tasks. Well, how can you train them into something even better to, for that 20% of their time? Right. And let, you know, kind of, uh, let them know about the big picture too. Sometimes they are, oh, we have new software now, now you have to learn it and you know, get a lot of pushback on that. It's like, but the other software was fine. Explain to them why this is better, why you're making yeah. these changes. You know, is it for the bottom line? Is it for some sort of efficiency? Does it, will it help the customer better in the long run? How does it make their job easier? Um, and you'll get more buy-in that way versus just mm-hmm. kind of forcing things on people. Um, but with that said too, you know, don't paint yourself into the corner of obsolescence either because, you know, if you don't stay current on some of these things in, a, in the job that you have, for example, um, you won't be able to move anywhere else because I can guarantee that other people are also moving along with this current of technology too. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like there's, you know, we're, we always talk about being big learners. We like to learn. Mm-hmm. There's just no better time than the present to be learning what, you know, the next level of your career your job or a totally new one if right what you're in is just not gonna be in the future or you're not interested in the future version of it you can change to a new career path you know but there's just like no time like now to get on that absolutely (laughs) and we're all doing this together so don't feel like you're alone at home getting lost in the technology we're all learning together and not getting left behind exactly the biggest thing about it um so then the the fourth thing that really, you know, was a big topic, and I mentioned in the beginning, was, was around diversity, equity, inclusion, mm-hmm. you know, conversations. And that's also been a big, um, you know, in the, in the middle of 2020, started become a, a big part of conversation, too, you know, importantly. And so it's very top of mind for people right now. Mm-hmm. Personally, I feel like it's important to continue to keep it top of mind mm-hmm. and not let it just kind of be a, you know, momentary yeah. reaction to situations that were going on. And then everybody just goes back to what yeah. they were doing before. And I think we're seeing, um, it's a higher focus and higher commitment. And I feel like people who are kind of active in these areas also aren't letting up like they're not going to let companies just sort of you know put up a Facebook post and then go back to their normal ways Mm -hmm, like I mm -hmm. think they're sort of holding companies and brands to this is what you said what are you doing and um, looking for action Mm -hmm. it's a it's not not just saying the right thing isn't going to be enough right right you know people are looking for actual action and um you know, people make buying decisions based on what they see, and especially younger generations mm-hmm. definitely make buying decisions. Oh my based gosh, these young consumers—they are watching. Yeah, I mean, I do and always have, but I think the younger age groups, mm-hmm. the more you see that. Yep, yep. It, it matters to them. They're like, I can buy whatever. I can buy my shoes here or here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy them from the place that I align with, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I, I just think that 
I mean, really, at, at some point, it shouldn't even be something we have to talk about anymore. Yes, but here but we are. But right now, we <laughs> really do. You yeah. know, it's obviously we're not we're not where we need to be. We're not, you know, as diverse or inclusive of a society as we need to be. And so, um, like I said, I just think it's a lot about action. And it doesn't have to be huge, you know. We're a little tiny company. There are only mm-hmm. so many things we can do. Right. But if everyone sort of does the little pieces they can and bigger companies can do more mm-hmm. and, you know, foundations and organizations can do more, then it all kind of adds up. And yeah. I think that's what people are kind of looking for. And I think um, people have to be careful too, especially owners or people who are in management or, um, or leadership of some kind, is that just hiring more diverse people is not fixing the problem because you could be introducing people to, I don't want to say a hostile work environment, but if everybody is not buying in to what you believe to be true, it's going to backfire in so many ways. Right. I mean, you know, probably at best that person will just leave because right. they don't feel comfortable. At worst, it could be like a lawsuit or something, right. you know, right. or you're on the news, which you do not want to be. Which you do not want, or <laughs> you're on a Twitter feed somewhere about how you treat an employee or yeah. how the environment was there or things like that. So much like we're telling people, you know, to just keep educating themselves on tech and things like that too, this is something you might want to educate yourself on as well, or perhaps your whole team. Maybe um, people all pick a book to read or things like that that kind of help with this because I have to tell you that um, two of the books that I read um, which was Color of Law and White Fragility were super eye-opening and I did not consider myself a racist person Um, I still don't you know for the most part Um, but it kind of gave me the idea of you know what it is to kind of be an advocate for that too Mm-hmm. where I was lacking wasn't in so much how much of I treated people is that I didn't understand the history of it. And until you do, you won't get it. I, I can guarantee you won't get it to understand the history. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that, um, you know, we're in a unique position, you know, this was a staffing industry conference. And so in the staffing industry, or if you're a recruiter, or you're, if you're any kind of a person who hires other people so you're a hiring manager or a business owner or whatever you are in a position to help people find meaningful work like all people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you're in a position to decide who gets a job mm-hmm. and who gets promoted and who gets who even just gets an interview right you know and and exactly to your point we are not in any way advocating like just go hire a bunch of differently colored people in your office Mm -hmm. and that's not solving the problem no but it's to me it's just more broadly considering a a wider slate of candidates yes and if you know people can't get hired if they don't get their interview they can't get their interview if they don't even get submitted for the job or apply for the job or know the job is out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know it's like you have to get in the beginning of the process to even make it through to the end of the process and so you know that that's the kind of thing that we can we can affect Mm -hmm. or that uh, an hr person or a talent acquisition kind of person can affect so i i think we all can do a part of it but to me it's just giving everyone equivalent opportunities mm-hmm. you know everyone has opportunity to those jobs right and then you hire the best person but by nature some of the best people will be more diverse because there are lots of people out there with skills and talents who aren't getting tapped into right and also really examine the where they got their skills and talents 
um, everybody has a different pathway to get to where they need to go. Like in some cases, you might have one candidate that has, you know, like a, a great, you know, four-year degree, bachelor's degree, or whatever at a great college, for example, or university. And then you might have somebody who might have gone to community college, um, but they still, uh, you know, with internships or whatever kind of cobbled together something that was kind of equivalent. Or maybe that scrappiness is what interests you. Um, so just be aware that not everybody gets this, has the same path, um, only because of opportunities and things like that too. So, um, really and I think especially in like the creative industry, oh the my marketing gosh, yes. industry, you know, at the end of the day, can you do the work? Right. You know, we have it's your portfolio. Some great people that don't have a college degree Absolutely. and they are out freaking standing. Right. Um, it's so look at that. It's your skills and your talents and your portfolio mm -hmm. of work and a lot of it's self-taught. Even if you did go to college, you're self-teaching, you know, on different softwares and stuff. So that is such a great point. It's like if you always just go and recruit at the same whatever handful of Ivy mm -hmm. League schools, you're going to always get the same handful yeah, going, of Ivy League candidates. And, go, and going right? through the same checklist and things like that. But having yeah. diversity in our team uh, just brings so many different voices, so many different opinions. And your client base has so many different opinions too and, mm -hmm. and the things like that too. So you want that to match up or at least grow that base. But if you're always talking to the same people because it's always the same voice, you're not really growing your business or, or doing your, your best as a leader. Yeah, so I think a lot of, you know, I say it came up, you know, in practically every, every session. And I think a lot of it was exactly what you said before of like, first, just starting with awareness. A lot of people are not particularly mm -hmm. even aware of situations or history or their own role, even um, unintentionally their own role in it. And so having that awareness, I think, then you just naturally start doing different things mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you see it differently. Right. And right. You know, yeah. Is it a long process? Of course. But you know what? It took us a long time to get where we are now. So like no time like now to start, you know, working your way out of it, I guess. Yeah. So those were, you know, basically the, the top topics that we saw at Staffing World. And, you know, like I said, across I think these touch every industry, mm -hmm. no matter what position you're in, what job you do, what industry or what you sell or make or serve or whatever. I think that these things are all playing in and going to keep, you know, being important in the future. I mean, all of them have been talked about before 2020. Right. And companies are just people, yeah. you know, they just became much louder in 2020. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau, and we hope you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you want to hear about, don't hesitate to email us at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review it, or share it with a friend.